Welcome back, all you good people. This is the Pound the Table podcast, and I am your host, Fred, the NFL Always Offseason GM. Uh, we're going to be bringing you some recent NFL news here, kind of giving our take on everything, and then also jumping into part four of our summer scouting series where we get into the defensive backs. It's a really heavy defensive back draft, so we got a lot of good stuff uh, planned for you here. And uh, as always, I, I apologize for bringing you the podcast a little bit late this week. Uh, I've been on and off flights and moving all across the United States here uh, on a couple trips, so I do apologize for the delay. But nonetheless, let's get into it here. So first up in the recent NFL news, uh, the one that happened over the weekend here was the Carson Wentz injury with the Indianapolis Colts, where he had an undisclosed foot injury and he was going to be out for or sidelined. It, it came out today that at five to 12 weeks, I believe, is the timetable. He's going to be having foot surgery. So th- this is pretty significant on a lot of fronts here, especially with in terms of draft capital and what happens with the shape of the division as well. Uh, it. Basically, there was protections on the first rounder that Indianapolis sent over. And basically, if something like this were to happen, if he was able to miss a significant amount of time in terms of regular season games, that the first round pick they conveyed over would actually turn into like a second rounder. So this this kind of protects them in this event that this is a little bit more of a significant injury than they were expecting. So that's first and foremost how it's going to affect the Indianapolis Colts. And in, in terms of who their starter is going to be here now, you, you take a look at the roster. Uh, Carson Wentz had a pretty clear path. There was nobody that was really competing with him. I think the number two that they have listed right now is Jacob Eason. He was like a former fourth-round pick out of, I believe, was it Washington? Washington or Georgia? I can't remember. But uh, either way, uh, Eason was a real non-mobile, big-arm kind of guy. Uh, he's been sitting behind the incumbents there for a couple years now, uh, mainly behind Jacoby Brissett and Phillip Rivers as of most recently. So it turns out he'll be t- taking the first team reps. And it seems as though the, the team seems pretty comfortable uh, with him taking first team reps. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a move to, to get more of a guy that can help them contend right now. Uh, just because when you look at their roster, they're, they're pretty well-rounded. I mean, there's not a lot of holes in that roster. The defense is a top-10 defense the last couple of years here. And uh, the offense led by that uh, rushing room there with Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, uh, Naheem Hines, it's it's pretty ready to roll. And when you see, like, the return of T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman coming back as well, too, it just it, there's not many holes. You can't really poke anything in it here. It's They're ready to, to compete now. So I would like to see them go make a move for a guy like uh, – I actually put this out on Twitter last week, was uh, Gardner Minshew. I think he's a guy that still has a lot of upside. He's only like 24, 25 years old. And, I mean, he's got, what, a, a year and a half? Not even. Like, I wouldn't even count last year since he was playing injured most of the time. But he's got like a year under his belt, and he was fairly good. He was very, very good for a six-round pick. And I, I'd like to see what he's got. You know, give him a chance to win that job. Beat out Carson Wentz for it. You know, if you do great while he's out, hey, you hold the job when he comes back. If you don't, well we can keep you as a career backup here then that's fine but that's the move i'd like to see him make otherwise i could see like a marcus mariota uh, the only reason i like Minshew over mariota though is there's still upside available with him just because of how young he is uh the difference is mariota's uh, he was drafted at what 11 or 12 so he's got almost 10 years under his belt we know what we, i mean we know what mariota is at this point he's he's shown that he's a high level backup replacement level starter once he's in there so I'd go Minshew over Mariota, but both solid options. I know a lot of guys will throw around some other names, but those just are my two favorites there in that situation. 
The next big piece of information that came down over the weekend here was going to be the contract extension for Nick Chubb, the running back at the Cleveland Browns. He's been a, a very high-level running back, top five in the league uh, in most people's eyes for the last two to three years here, and he gets rewarded as he was head heading into the last year of his deal. Uh, he signs for three years, $36.6 million with $20 million guaranteed, which it's it's a pretty high-level contract. It's a lot of money to be paying a running back, and a lot of people say, oh, running backs don't matter. You shouldn't pay them like that. I think in this case, it's, it's all right to pay them. I like they say he's a big locker room guy there. He's a big locker room, a little big culture piece there as well. And I just think that it, it's a good idea, to, a good practice to bring some of these guys back. And especially when you take a look at his contract, it's a lot less crippling than what the ones like Ezekiel Elliott or Christian McCaffrey or even Dalvin Cook signed. It's not as high, high of a cap hit for him, and especially until after, into that second or third year. So you're able to get off it, even if he does have any significant injury damage, which in his case, uh, he, he does have a history of injury, uh, especially back in college when he had that gruesome knee injury. So this this protects the Browns, and it kind of rewards their own their homegrown players here, which is, is normally a good practice, especially in, in building a culture with these teams. I think what's also important to note here is it might be signaling the end of Kareem Hunt after this year or makes him a little bit more expendable. I think he's under contract for two years and make some expendable after this year when you can get off his contract just because it, it doesn't pay to have that high of a cap hit number for both of them and now that you have the contract in place the extension in place it just makes sense that the, the, the time is limited here for him as well so congrats to Nick Chubb uh, I think it's a great move will remain to be seen as long as he can stay healthy here and one last piece of information, I just wanted to run through a few of the transactions that came through over the weekend. Uh, not necessarily huge names, but still like higher profile guys that have been bigger names in the past. The first one's going to be Justin Houston, signs a one-year deal with the Ravens. Uh, they had a couple of moves this offseason that kind of left a hole at the outside pass, or the edge position there, with Matthew, or excuse me, Matthew Jadon going to the New England Patriots. So they shore that up, they add a little bit of depth there as well behind some of their incumbent guys and get a, a guy in Justin Houston pretty cheap where it's, it's worth up to $4 million. And basically, he's a he's an aging guy. They're going to let him come in and try to prove, his, prove he's still got it, that uh, the production he's put up over the last couple seasons wasn't a fluke. And Justin Houston gets another chance to, another season to kind of show what he's got. So the next one is going to be a running back transaction. It's uh, Devontae Freeman to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, signing a one-year deal. Uh, if you remember Freeman last year, sat out most of the year uh, and waited to kind of take his pick at what job he wanted to sign on to. Ended up with the New York Giants after the Saquon Barkley injury. And I think it's safe to say that that was less than uh, a stellar performance there in New York Giants. So that's another one of the transactions that came down this week. And the last one I wanted to mention was the Giants have re-signed veteran running back Alfred Morris. So basically, this is the transaction that was made last year <laughs> to help supplement Devontae Freeman after they brought him in. He wasn't he was a little less underwhelming than they had expected. So add a little bit of insurance policy behind uh, excuse me, Saquon Barkley, and you get a little bit more depth in that room. And hopefully they can help make a run, take a little bit of the load off uh, Saquon Barkley. So first up on our summer scouting series, part four, is going to be our cornerbacks. And as promised, we're going to go into depth of, with four guys here that we had at the top of our board. 
So the first one, I don't think is going to come as a surprise to basically anybody, but it's going to be Derek Stingley. Uh, he's the six foot one cornerback, 195 pounds out of LSU. Uh, he's been a two year starter there, and he's been a pretty standout guy his pretty much his entire career at LSU. He actually burst on the scene as a true freshman and was, I believe, graded out as the number one cover corner in the entire nation as a true freshman, which is pretty impressive, especially considering that he's playing in the SEC with the likes of like Alabama and Florida and all these teams. So in 2019, said freshman year, he had 38 total tackles and six interceptions, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and in, uh, excuse me, to go along with one fumble recovery. And when you flip on the tape, I mean, there's not much different that you're asking for. Uh, oh, I apologize. His stats this past year as well were 27 tackles, two and a half for a loss, and five passes defense, no interceptions to go with the 15 passes defense in 2019. So he did dip a little bit this past year, but the rumor on the street is he, he did have some some injury concerns this past year, and it, it kind of res- restricted him slightly, but he still played at a pretty high level just not as the best cover corner in college football when he was truly healthy in 2019. But when you still watch this guy on tape, you're seeing everything that you want to see. He can play press man. He can play off. I mean, he's got really fluid, really flexible hips. He's able to flip and turn. He's able to be very reactive and just break on the ball and get to where you want him to be. He's able to stay with pretty much anybody. And even top it all off, there's rumors out there that this year that uh, LSU wants him to play some offense. So, I'm I'm pumped to see what this guy's going to bring to the table. I I think that'd be awesome if he's like the next Charles Woodson. So love what uh, Stingley's bringing to the table here, and he's my consensus number one corner. I think he's I got him on my board as like a top five prospect overall. So it's pretty impressive what this guy can do when you turn on the tape. So that brings us to number two, and number two on my list is I don't know if this is a surprise because he was getting some serious hype this off season, but it's going to be Ahmad Gardner out of Cincinnati. He goes by Sauce Gardner. So it's pretty interesting when you add the nickname to it. But he's been a two-year starter for Cincinnati. His freshman year recorded 31 tackles, had three picks and returned two for a touchdown, six passes defense. And then in 2020, excuse me, he had 28 tackles, three interceptions, and six passes defense again. And I think the only difference was he, he missed a couple games this past season with injury. And that leads me into the first concern with him. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go down that route first is that there's there's some rumors out there that his size, I, I want to say one site had him listed at like 165 pounds, which is pretty crazy. But uh, when you look at pro uh, sportsreference.com, they got him listed at 188. But he's, he's super lanky for being that that light. He's like 6'2", 6'1", and it shows up on film. But what I really love about this guy is that he's so feisty, he's so aggressive, he knows how to play with his hands, and he is 100% a guy you do not want to go against in press coverage. He is so physical at the point of attack, it's it's almost surprising to me that he's listed as this small, because he plays much, much bigger than that. But uh, the size concerns did catch up with him, like I mentioned, but I still think that the good always the bad here. This guy, he's like a guy you can come in day one man system, he'll start opposite your best guy, he'll be your best guy, He's got some serious projection in the future, and I think he's a first-round type of guy, especially when you're looking at the upcoming draft this year. So Ahmad Gardner is our number two corner. Uh, Leading us into number three, and number three on our list is going to be Kair Elam. Uh, He's from Florida. He's a 6'2", 193-pound cornerback, so he's got some seriously prototypical size here. And he was a one-year starter at Florida. He had uh, 39 tackles, one for a loss this past season. 
with two interceptions and 11 passes defense. And uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I think that Florida's playing a ton of like off man's like zone coverage with this guy, and it, it kind of is like reminiscent of those those cover three corners that you get with the old Seahawk mold, the old Dan Quinn mold, mold where he's like real real super lanky and able to be a super aggressive. But I still think that he's got potential to do either or. Uh, they played him a lot in off man, but with especially with his size, I think he'd be able to play press coverage. I just you just don't see a ton of it. So that's that's one concern that drops him down to number three rather than a little higher. But I, I, like I said, with this prototypical size, it's something that I think you can develop, something that you can help teach him over time. But I really like what you're what you're getting at the table here with a guy like Kyrie, and especially once again playing in the SEC West with Alabama and Florida. Well, he's on Florida, excuse me. But all, all these bigger schools, LSU, that like he's going against top-notch competition uh, week in and week out, and he's still holding up. He's still one of the best corners in all of college football. So pumped to see what we're going to get out of Kyrie Elam. And uh, I believe uh, as a tidbit fact, I, <laughs> I know a bunch of other pods have referenced this as well too, is that he's actually Matt Elam's uh, nephew. Matt Elam is a former uh, safety for the Baltimore Ravens. So he's got some bloodlines in the NFL, some – some uh, lineage as well so always good to see that and then as promised I know we mentioned last week that we were going to go in depth with a little bit more since we only had two positions but mainly because there's a ton of DBs this year that are like elite college football players so the fourth one that I wanted to jump into is going to be Trent or excuse me not Trent McDuffie I apologize we actually did left Trent McDuffie off this list so please don't murder me there but uh, Josh Job. so Josh Job is the corner out of Alabama I believe he was a two-year starter. He's listed at 6'1", 192 pounds. Uh, in his sophomore year, he had 28 tackles for, excuse me, not for a loss, for a total, and he had one pick. And then this past year, he had 55 tackles and 11 passes defense, no interceptions. So he doesn't have a ton of ball production, which is a little concerning to say the least. He's, you know, he's getting his hands on balls, not getting picks though, making a difference of plays. But the the five tack, 55 tackle stands out. And when you watch, when you watch him play, they play man coverage in Alabama there quite a bit. And he's, I think he's super aggressive. I think he's he's playing in a scheme that translate ex, translates extremely well to the next level. And he's playing on a team that's probably like the best one of the best defenses if not the best defense in all of college football year in and year out so he's getting to go against this top-notch uh talent in the sec west and not only is he going against the top-notch talent he's doing it at a high level on one of the best defenses so someone could say that's a little bit of a negative because he's got such a good pass rush up front i'm not as concerned about that i think he plays really well and i and the number one thing that I like is he's he's used to playing man coverage, and I think in the NFL, a lot of teams will play, like I said, that, that cover three or cover two. I think it's important to be able to play man because sometimes man isn't as easy to teach, not even to have that, that hip fluidity and flexibility and coverage and being able to be have a high degree of suddenness where you'll be able to break on the balls and get out of your stance and stick with with guys so that's why when I like when I see these guys that come from these high man schemes that that I think they're going to translate a little bit better but uh as we mentioned previously with uh Mr. Elam that you see a little bit of an tape that you think's going to translate they just got to refine it a little bit but Josh Job comes in at number four for me like I said a, a guy like Trent McDuffie it's real close I'm just not quite as high on him I know uh seven banks out of Ohio State also another guy that everybody's super high on so there's a ton of depth in this cornerback class. That's I mean, that's five guys right there that I think I have inside like the top 35, top 30 on my list. So 
that's that's some serious talent going into this year, and it'll be really interesting to see who kind of sets himself a, apart from the pack. Which brings us to our next position group here, and that's going to be our safeties. So instead of breaking them up into like box safeties and free safeties, since everybody in the NFL is so versatile nowadays, I kind of just went stuck with the same format. We're going to go four safeties overall. And the first one on my list here, uh, I don't think this is any surprise to anybody, but it's going to be Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. I believe he's listed at like 6'4", like, excuse me, whew, sorry about that. Uh, 215 and when you turn on the tape you can see why he's like this elite prospect and he's this guy that everybody has on top of their draft boards at first when I was watching I'm like man he kind of moves like Kenny Vaccaro but more athletic and then I went and looked at the measurables and it's not even close I think he's got like another four inches on Vaccaro so then everybody's been mentioning Derwin James but he's even taller than Derwin James he's got another two inches on him and he's maybe a few pounds heavier so I mean it's it's hard to find a comp for this guy but when you're watching him on the back end, you'd think a guy that's 6'4", almost 220, just wouldn't be able to move. He'd be stiff. He wouldn't be able to flip his hips and cover that deep half or even go like a single high zone. You don't get that with this guy at all. Like, he he's super smooth. He's able to turn and make plays on the ball. He's able to get his eyes around. He's able to identify coverages on the back end. I, I mean, I don't even like him in a single high. I think he's athletic enough that he, he's going to be able to play single high. But then at the same time, you're getting all that box stuff with this guy. This this is a guy that you're going to be able to walk down in there and cover tight ends. You're going to have him be able to assist and run support. He's not afraid to get his nose in on tackles and form up on dudes. So, I mean, this is just your all-around guy. This is a guy that is like a, a once-in-a-decade safety type of prospect, and I, I fully expect him to be like a top 10, top 15 pick this next year. So, real excited about Kyle Hamilton. So then next up, my number two safety is going to be none other than Brandon Joseph of the Northwestern Wildcats. So Brandon Joseph is a six foot 192 pound safety. He's a redshirt sophomore, so he was a redshirt freshman in his first season last year for the, excuse me, the Wildcats, and he had a huge, huge season. He ended up uh, finishing the year with 46 total tackles, one for a loss, and then also had six interceptions and two passes defensed and ended up with a consensus two, 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 excuse me 2020 All-American award at the end of the year. So that's pretty significant for a guy that's a redshirt freshman last year. He really kind of burst on the scene. And when you look at his game, he can kind of do it all. He can kind of play that single high role, that deep half role. He can come mix it up in the box, be a, a physical dude on the inside. And he's even got a little bit of a man coverage capability. So he's actually like a, a kind of do-it-all utility safety, and he's, he's really got a, a huge ceiling here just because he is still so su super young. So he, he doesn't even really have to declare if he would like, but, I mean, if he has another year like last year, there's, there's no better time than the present. So it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of shoot his stock up as well too and become like one of those top prospects in the draft. So I'd, And also i got to give a little, little shout-out to – I believe it was Kyle Krabs on the Draft Dudes podcast. He was the first dude that was on this one, and he kind of led me on to him. So Brandon Joseph, the number two safety heading in to the 2021 season. And then my number three safety is, uh, you're going to start seeing a trend here with some of my other guys, is that Jordan Battle of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Jordan Battle is a, excuse me, is a true junior 
in the for the 2021 season and he's listed at 6'1 210 pounds and he actually had a pretty decent year last year he had 66 tackles three for a loss with one pick and then four passes defensed with one touchdown to go along with it and when you turn on the film I think this dude's an absolute hammer and it, like I said there's going to be a trend here where I kind of am a sucker for like those guys that are like super physical safeties that can step down in the box but then can still play like a deep half so I don't think he's got like true like single high take the you know play the center field take the whole field away on the back end but I think he can play deep half but I really love his game as like an extra box defender like especially in the day excuse me in nowadays where teams are running a ton of nickel so you're able to kind of get bring that extra guy down in the box for run support so Jordan Battle is like one of my favorite watches super physical dude uh i think he's gonna be uh, end up being fringe first rounder this year this, this coming year so it'll be really interesting to see if he's another dude that can raise his stock in the upcoming year and then the last safety i wanted to talk about and like i said there's a trend building here is gonna be bubba bolden and bubba bolden is a safety for the excuse me the miami hurricanes and he's listening at 6'3", 200 pounds, so he's, he's really super lanky, but he's also got the same kind of style as Jordan Battle. I just don't think he plays at quite the same level. But when you take a look at his, his career here, he was originally committed to USC, ended up transferring to Miami and sat out a year. So he's a senior this year. And this past year, he had 74 tackles, 6.5 for a loss, with one interception, and three passes defensed. And... The only reason I don't have him higher on this list is because I don't see a ton of capability and coverage. So he's not like this super like rangy dude on the back end. But I still think he's got some some serious potential. Excuse me, serious potential as like a box safety, uh, dime linebacker kind of role. So you can play him like a deep half, move, walk him into the box to play physical with like tight ends play the run in the early downs and maybe move into like a dime linebacker role in the future just because you don't you don't see that long ranginess and you can obviously tell with the stats that the dude had 74 tackles at the safety position this past year on a miami hurricanes defense that was that was overall pretty solid so that's gonna be my number four safety in the upcoming year here so make sure to keep an eye out for him as well So that's going to be all she wrote here on the, the this week's episode of the Pound the Table podcast. Uh, and that's going to also wrap up our summer scouting series. I, I appreciate everybody's patience. It took us a little longer to get the episode out this week. It was a pretty hectic weekend for me. So uh, make sure to tune in next week. We're going to be starting our mock draft series. So it'll be our first preseason mock draft after watching all the tape and before the season starts so be sure you don't miss that we'll we'll use the reverse super bowl odds from uh, one of the sports books out there uh, as our draft order but otherwise i just wanted to say thanks again everybody tuning in and uh we'll see you next week